everybody it's tuesday night january 18th year 2022 and you found yourself live at the sports attic we do this here weekly every tuesday night at 6 30 p.m central standard time You can watch us in a lot of places. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We are on Facebook Live. We're on Twitter. And as always, you can listen to us live on Blog Talk Radio or catch the podcast wherever you catch it. We are now available on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Larcher Lawrenson. You can follow me. I'm Clark Lawrenson at Clark in Chicago there. You can follow this guy at Larcher Then Life. I'm going to hand it over right now to my partner who's over here. Or wait, are you over here? I don't know. Here he is, my partner, the one and only Alfred Ferdinand Larcher. The pleasure to be here with you tonight, as always. Another lovely night in the sports attic, as uh, we have a blood shortage here in America. So I'm hoping uh, you'll be going to donate a little blood sometime this week. Yeah. I won't because I pass out on needles. Do so you? Unfortunately, I can't. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you attempted to give blood at one point in your life? When I was on the radio like 20 years ago, like they, there was a blood drive in town and they tried to get me to go and I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, no, fair, fair. I'll take the blood. You know, if I need the blood, I'll take the blood. But I'm not donating. Okay, fair. I used to I used to donate quite a bit back back home in Kirkland. I would back back in the day. The Lions Club always did a blood drive. I think uh, once every like three months, maybe once every six months. Um now I don't. I mean, I need to go get my blood work done, you know, from a doctor to to check my, you know, how I'm doing, a physical, you know, all of that stuff. So should I go do that before I go give, or should I just let them tell me if there's anything real bad? Because wouldn't they tell me if I go to give blood? They'll be like, well, we can't use this blood. It's shit. Well, yeah, they'll take your blood. I mean, unless you're, you know, you like uh, needles, I think you're okay. Okay. All right. Well, everybody, give blood if you can. It, it, you don't pass out on needles, Al. There's no, there's no shame in that, man. I would, you, you can't yeah, go. And right? people who can give blood, please give blood. Absolutely. Uh, they, they say that it's a lot of people are scared to go do that kind of thing now these days with, with the COVID and all that stuff around. Oh no, no, you're fine. I'm, Look at you. We went out. We went out yesterday. We went to the, uh, we went to the Olive Garden or the uh, Long Branch, and uh, you, you get there and you don't even have your Vax card. Me. Like a pro. I have it. I whip it out. I show it. I go, here, excuse oh, yeah. me while I whip this out. I, I give it to them. They, they go, cool. You, you're like, you got a, a 15-layer mask on. I was going to wear my uh, mask. you don't have a Vax card. Disappointed. Like, it's, it was on my phone. I started looking through my pictures like a... Like 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 my dad would have, you know, six months ago, I guess. Take a picture of the card once a week. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take a picture of it, then I'm going to have a folder, and I'm going to call it Vax card. And I'm going to be able to just go to that folder. I just honestly, I don't get out enough. I forgot that there's a Vax mandate. I, I completely forgot. Hey, are you using a – Are you using a potato to video the show today, or what, what, are, you, what are you recording the show with over there? You, I mean, you look great. Don't get me wrong. 
What do you mean? What, what, what do you mean? I'm using it. To I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm the one who's in bad shape. Maybe, maybe my it's it could be my hook. It generally, well, you is. know, I spend I spend like four hundred dollars a month on uh, on the internet and the cable. I don't watch the cable. I watch some of the red zone. I sleep through most of it, and uh, I, I use basic internet. And no, it's showing I got yellow bars over here. Like I'm uh, like it's 1990 dial up. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you sound great. That's what. That's what we. Well, that's the most important thing. I can hear you. You sound great. Um, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, join in over on the Twitch chat. There's a lot going on in there with everybody. Charlotte J's in there. Uh, Two Tone Chicago is in there. Come and join us there over on Facebook Live. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Hey, everybody, following us, watching along hanging out with us here tonight if you want to give us a call he's in there too you can join us on on online at 760-454-8834 uh coming up at seven o'clock tonight we have a guest adam cumby uh i first met him uh as part of the uh the the twitch mob uh, watching uh watching some uh 670 the score on twitch during the pandemic and uh during it whatever whatever, wherever we are in that thing but yeah he's going to join us he uh he spent some time up at the university of wisconsin whitewater al he uh, he's dipped his foot a little bit into independent pro wrestling, much like yourself. I know that uh, he, he's got a background in radio and all kinds of things. I'm looking forward to getting maybe some of his Bears thoughts and some of his Monday Night War, War thoughts if we want to go, you know, in the Wayback Machine there. I don't know. Looking forward to it. Again, that's Adam Cumbie coming up at the top of the hour. My first radio job interview was, uh, was in Wausau, Wisconsin, a lovely town. And I, I wonder what my life would have turned out if I got that job. Wausau. But the program director was, like, taking another job, so he didn't want to bring me in because he couldn't mentor me at that point because it would have okay. been my first job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think I would have liked Wausau. Who knows? I might even be a Packer fan today. No. I don't think that could happen. Rocking my favorite shirt. It doesn't quite fit as well as it used to, but I got the Cade McNown tie-dye shirt going tonight. Man, it's that's – that is your all-time best shirt. I mean, you you wear a lot of good shirts. Maybe it's maybe it's not your all-time best, but it's it's in your top ten. There's no doubt about it. I would give it, yeah, top ten, maybe top twenty. What's what's this hat you're wearing tonight, Clark? It's blue. Well, the viral tweet got me last week, Al. Uh, the Portland Pickles tweeted out that picture where uh, there was a very graphic uh, in the picture. It said, "New phone, who this?" And it was their mascot, which is. Uh, I, it's not a pickle, but it's something. Anyway, there was a very new phone who this, and then like up from the bottom of the screen was like just this same color of his, you know, his hand, but it looked very uh, ambiguous. How about that? Just coming up from ambiguous? the bottom. It looked like a dick pic. It was a pickle pic. What? And some people didn't think they were in on the joke. They were obviously in on the joke. The thing went viral. I got in, so now I got myself a Portland Pickles hat. There you Man, go. you are a sucker for marketing, my friend. You are like anything. They post anything on that I mean, Twitter. You are sold. I am in like a son of a bitch. There's no doubt about it. It's uh, it's it's it's, it's a thing. It it really is. Um, last night, let's like go back. A, 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 a penis related hat in all my time. You and never have a lot of hats. I mean, I got like 30, 40 hats. I have none of them that have like a, a dick thing to them. So. I I find that hard to believe. I really do. No, it's true. Yeah? It's true. All right. All right. We got some new things over there on Twitch. We Right now we're in emote-only mode, as we've done. And then also, uh, if you're watching on Twitch, you, you can drop a suggestion into the suggestion box. 
Keep it clean, please, folks. Keep it clean. Those are some of the new things. But back to last night, Al. We had a show dinner. A couple friends going out for dinner. Yeah. Uh, we went over Lovely. to. If, if you're thinking about doing great steaks here in the uh, in the city of Chicago, uh, that that would be a great place. Uh, the Long Branch over in Norridge, Longhorn. Yeah, Nor- Longhorn Norridge, Steakhouse. beautiful town. Right on the, uh, it's a suburb of Rosemont, yeah. uh, one of the lovely uh, uh, cities around here. A suburb uh, of Harwood Heights. Uh, you get, you can get the Long Branch, you can get the Chinese buffet all in the same parking lot. So if you want to double dip, and then right down the street you got a Red Lobster, and then if you, I mean, if you really want real food, there's a bunch of Italian shops right around there that you know you get the real sandwiches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Drink uh, a little eggplant on top. Your place over there on Harlem always does me pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Joseph's finest meats, right there as well. I went with the fillet. What well, you went with a with the strip? You you you, oh, yeah. you decided Always to go with the New York. Guy. You were in, stripper, strippers and strips. Those are my those are my two things. I've recently gotten better with the way I order my order my steaks and whatnot. I I start. I used to be a medium well guy. Then I got better. Went to medium. And I don't know if you noticed, but last night I ordered my medium rare. But I was still one up by you, sir, going with the rare. Yeah. Well, I'm an obese man. Like, that's the only way to eat a steak. Um, you know, speaking of obese men, you know, the Bears finally interviewed the right guy for the right job at the right time. And Dable, who, who is exactly that. I mean, this guy is, if you could find the perfect person for the perfect time period of an organization, it's him. It's now. And we need we need to pull the trigger. The hell with the GM. I don't care who they get there. Let's go ahead and get this man a job. Let's get him a Bears hat and be done with this. And then just fill in fill in GM with whatever. Yeah, whatever. No big deal. I, who cares at this point? I okay. Mean, you know they all make the wrong picks anyways. So Brian Dable, what they had that big game was it must have been Saturday night, right? Because uh, it was Saturday. His interview was Tuesday Sunday. Okay. You know. But prior to that, I mean, how, how, many, how many months ago, Al, did you first bring up Dable to me? You were the first one to bring it up a couple, two months ago, somewhere in there. Well, yeah. I mean, as a fantasy football guy, um, just watching his, his, his offense has been fantastic. I mean, the guy likes to throw 40, 50 times a game. And, uh, and it's not forced. It's not, you know, let's just abandon the run. It's, you know, let's pass because it's working and succeeding because the plays are designed for proper players to make. And, uh, you know, he did, I was a little concerned with the running aspect of his game calling, but later in the season, they moved more to Singletary. Devin Singletary became a bigger fixture, uh, in that offense, uh, when it was appropriate for him to be used. So, you know, it's time, man. This is the guy, this is the guy, forget these other, you know, Brian Flores is a beautiful man. He's, he's a lovely person. Uh, This guy, this guy could go coach somewhere important and be, be a good dude for a good organization, but, you know, it's more defense. It's more guys who can build great defenses. And we've seen that. We know what that is. If you want to win the Super Bowl with a defense, it has to be elite. Not good, not very good, not great. It needs to be elite. It, it needs to be the Young Bucks. It needs to be the Kenny Omega. It needs to be greatness. It can't just be good. And that happens like once every five years with a good defense for them to click to that elite level. And then you still have the chance to lose it. it. It's not a guarantee. As a matter of fact, most of the time it isn't. So, 
you know, uh, I like it, but here's what also happens. You get guys in there, you get a defensive coordinator in there, you get a good offensive coordinator, and then <laughs> he's hired away to do some other gigs somewhere else, and then you start all over again. Right. I'm done with the guy. Right. That's right. Be elite. Be, be elite. I just like how he was on your radar, he's been on our radar, and you hear a few people mention him here and there, and then Saturday night it just blows up. Because that game yeah. was phenomenal. They destroyed uh, one of his mentors, Bill Belichick there, right? Sure. And, and got the job done. I'm a fan. I, I'm definitely a fan of doing this. It just did. Is there a little bit of concern now that maybe he's a little too popular and maybe somebody else wants to swoop in and get the table? You know, like, what are the chances there? Like, well, of course. I mean, of course, that's a concern. I wish, I wish he would have coached a little, like a lesser of a game. You know, just a little bit less. Little, maybe you know, twenty points, maybe half yeah. amount of points or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he yeah. wouldn't be as big on everybody's radar. But I think yeah. he knows that the Bears are the best fit for him. Six forty-five, of course. Six forty-five, absolutely. Um, I think he knows the Bears are the best fit for him. I think the world knows the Bears are the best uh, fit for him. But the problem is, do the McCaskies know? Because the McCaskies probably think uh, uh, Frazier is the best fit for, for the universe. And, uh, you know, and then we're, we're, we're going to get that, and it's just – on, on one hand, I like that they're not limiting it this time to looking just for offensive. That's when they went and got the guru, Matt Nagy, right? That's when they right. picked up the guru, Mark Tressman, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that it is open. I just – I. I've got respect for Leslie Frazier. There's no doubt about it. But right now, to me, Dable's the guy. And you mentioned Lee Flores on the floor. Like, if they don't land, if they don't land Dable, are you good with them going back to with Flores? No, no. You, you hear no. about him I'm not done. getting along there, and there was something with the quarterback. He he was he he was wasn't as big on the quarterback as the ownership, something like that, with Tua down there. And you're hearing things. It, that's where it fell apart. Everybody was shocked, of course, when he lost his job. One that's kind of catching me off guard right now, Arizona Cardinals. It's looking like, it's looking like Kingsbury might be on the chopping block. Really? After he's done nothing but bring them there every year. Sure, they had a big fall off, but that would be crazy. I just woke up like 10 minutes ago. I didn't know that. That's, uh, that's I, interesting. I caught that today. And, of course, I don't know if you saw Jerry Jones. This one, this one you'd be interested in. Jerry Jones canceled his, uh, his weekly show this morning that he does down there in, in the Dallas area. The last time he did that, do you want to know when that was? The last time the coach got fired. When fire. Jason Garrett was, was let go. So, Jason Garrett. So, your buddy, uh, if you can get over to our Facebook page, guys, over uh, Facebook, Larch, search for Larcher and Lawrence. And Al's, uh, we, we've got a, we, we have an exclusive with, with head coach Mike McCartney from right after the game, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, check that out. I don't know. Man, my, my longest standing bet, you know, I, I bring this up often, is in 1998, my best, one of my best friends, uh, a brother, um, he made a bet with me that the Dallas Cowboys would win a Super Bowl before the Chicago Bears. This is 1998. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to the, to the, the, the guy who's one of the best friends in years. And this bet is still standing. What is you the know, bet? That the Bears – I have $50 that the Bears win a Super Bowl before the Dallas Cowboys. And this was made in 1998. Wow. The bet is still open to uh-huh. this day. Yeah. Uh, that is a great bet. That reminds me of circa 
2005, 2006, I made a bet with a guy. I bet a thousand bucks that the Cubs would win the World Series within 15 years. His name was Charles. He was buddies with my old boss from down in Georgia. About a year after the bet, Charles disappeared, and I haven't seen him again. So did you win that bet? I did win the bet, but I I haven't collected it. I haven't heard from Charles. I don't even remember Charles' last name. I think, well, come, coming, coming this fall, coming this spring, we're going to do a, a, an in-depth uh, oh. podcast criminal series. Searching for Charles. Charles. Yes. And we will hunt this guy down, and we will get your $1,000. Of All course, right. I will take my uh, 25% uh, of, of, the, of the winnings for, for uh, starting the podcast. Jay over, there, Jay over there in Twitch went really morbid on it right away there, bud. Maybe he's dead, he thinks. Yeah, well, yeah. then we need to collect from the estate. Yeah, absolutely. The, the yes, estate of Charles absolutely. will be found. Charles was you known. Do you know his last name? After, no, no. Charles was you don't known. You know Charles' last name? No, I you don't, I don't remember Charles' last, last name. He was a cook. He was friends with the GM from his own area. We, I, I could, we could probably figure this out once we do a podcast and generate, you know, billions, billions with this. But uh, he was after I'd get off, get out of the karaoke booth, right? Stumble yeah. down, maybe collect my money, grab my shift drink. He was the king of sitting at the bar on a stool, two feet, right, on two of the four feet on the stool, leaning back and passing out while there, never falling, but passing out wow. two feet on the stool. That's a pretty impressive feat, if I do say yeah. so myself. I, well, I've seen from a man who I've seen pass out uh, in chairs multiple times. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I get tired at night, you know. I, I enjoy the party. I enjoy hanging out. In my twenties, I'd say I did that a lot more, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're better now. Now, now you, it's impossible. It's harder to get you out of the house than me, and I'm impossible to get out of the house. Hey, so. I got you out last night. We did steak. Oh, how was the jewels? All right. You did. And, oh, by the way, thank you for buying. That was very nice of you. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I haven't seen your wallet open up in, in you know, 15, 20 years I've known yeah. you. Well, I uh, haven't known you that well. But. Well, I thank you because uh, I I took second place and profited 150 bucks this year in a league with a team that you drafted, basically. We were at we were at AEW Dynamite right after, uh, yeah. right after we had gone to the UC to see uh, the CM Punk debut. We were at the following Dynamite out there uh, in Hoffman Estates, out at the Now Arena. And while we're watching it and when it ends, we literally drafted my team, and the team name was the Chicago Dynamite. As I mentioned last night, I at one time was 4-7 and seven with three weeks in the regular season left. About the spot the long game. Slipped into the you sixth spot. In. Slipped into the sixth spot out of 12. Boom. Second place. It was fantastic. So I thank you for that. Um. We had another bet for dessert this last weekend, but uh, I decided we, we decided that we, we ate too much bread and tunion. They call it a tunion, but that's a blooming onion, right? It's a blooming onion, yeah, yeah. They yeah. just they illegally can't say the name. And then, uh, yeah, with the uh, with well, the steak fancy. and everything, they I w- cut the blooming onion up for you, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it a tunion. <laughs> I, I don't know. One thing I enjoy about chain steak places is when you say, "Hey, I want my medium rare," they're like. Oh, so you want it pink, cool, uh, and, and tender, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I said medium rare. Like, I believe they, they do that after working in a chain pizza restaurant, uh, a California one uh, here in Chicago. Uh, they do that simply because too many people were turning them back saying that's too pink. 
this is cold. And you're like, well, that's what rare is, right? Like they just want to let you know before they're serving you a steak, right? When I order rare, I mean, I go into it knowing that, I mean, it should be rare. It should be dead. I mean, it should be bloody and it should be scrumptious. And uh, I'm okay with whatever they bring out. I've never sent a steak back. If they overcook it, they overcook it. They undercook it, they undercook it. I'll live. Yeah, absolutely. I think we did fight. We, didn't we one time, wasn't that the same mall area where that Longhorn is over there on what, River? What, what Forest Park Road or something, right? Yeah, Forest Preserve Drive. There it is. Yep. Welcome to the neighborhood club. Didn't we do laser tag over there one time? We did play laser tag. I think we had steak and laser tag one night. We were about 35-year-old comedy accident members show up. Like on a Thursday afternoon, they were dead. And you could tell everyone's like, are you shitting me? These guys are here to play laser tag? I think I I once – I was like in my early 20s, maybe Mm mid-20s, maybe even 30. Jesus. And I was with a friend, and we were at we were at a parking center. We were looking for a place to eat, and the place we were supposed to go wasn't was closed or something. And there was a Chuck E. Cheese in the parking lot, and I'm okay. like, let's just go to the Chuck E. Cheese. You know, let's get a pizza, let's play some video games. You know, let's listen to some animals sing. And then you know, he's like, no, nah, you know, that's kind of creepy. I'm like, I, no, no, it's fine. Let's just do it. We get in there, we order our pizza, and like two minutes in, we're like, this is really creepy. We do not belong in here right now. And then, you know, we exited uh, immediately. So, I mean, well, I think we played a little bit of Rampage first. but Sometimes something seems really funny, you know. It, yeah, seems it, was, like like a it's child, gonna... it was a good childhood memory. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to relive my childhood. And it was like, oh, no, oh, no, we need to get the hell out of here. Another thing. The aren't even high enough. If you're ever out for a walk, and like me, when I'm, if I go for a walk by myself, and you're like, oh, I could cut through that kid's park. Yeah, don't do that. You can't go walking through a kid's park as a, as a 40-year-old man by yourself. Well, that's how every Law and, o- Law and Order episode begins. Absolutely. It sure does. It's usually the, the red herring or, you know, the guy that kind of have walked through the park who's going to be a suspect but really didn't do it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I just don't walk. That, that's, uh, I don't go for walks. Man. That's also any, any issues there. I, I miss bicycling, though. Dable's ready, man. I'm looking at, <laughs> looking at his, uh, you know, his background here. 98 to 99, a graduate assistant at Michigan State. Then he was, you know, defensive assistants, wide receivers coach with the Patriots for quite a few years. Went to the Jets as quarterbacks coach. Browns as offensive coordinator, Dolphins coordinator, Chiefs offensive coordinator in 2012. Then back to the Patriots. Spent some time in Alabama in 2017. Then he's been with the Bills since 2018 there as the coordinator. And seems like he's doing just a fantastic job. I'm I'm ready for him to be the next Chicago Bears head coach. There's oh, yeah. no doubt about it. You, you know where I stand on it. I am 100%, you know, yeah, it's, it's all table all the way. I've got, a, I've got a spreadsheet over here of everybody that the Bears have interviewed and everybody Dable, that's lined up to be interviewed. Dable, Dable, uh, Dable, Peterson Dable. interviewed on Wednesday the 12th. Nathaniel Hackett interviewed on the 15th. I am a little bit interested in Nathaniel Hackett, the current Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator. He was great on uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. There you go. Uh, Eberflus, the the Colts guy, he interviewed. uh, Their defensive coordinator interviewed on the 17th. I think that's a made-up name, and I actually think that that's uh, Matt Nagy with a mustache. uh, (laughs) Watch out for that. That could be it. Flores was on the 14th. 
And then uh, Jim yeah. Caldwell. He'd be a good hire. I just don't think he's the right guy for the right Sure. Guy. What do you think of Jim Caldwell, ex-Detroit Lions, who interviewed on the 15th? I don't want anything that ever touched the Detroit Lions. I still think that the guy, the GM they had in that booth who kept drafting uh, wide receivers should get a lifetime ban from the game. I, I don't think uh, – I, I don't want anything to do with Detroit. You know, I mean, Eric Kramer was a lovely man, but we know what happens when you get things from Detroit. Yeah, Matt Millen should have a lifetime ban from the game of football. No, it Never should be allowed. Millen. Absolutely. Yep. Shouldn't even be able to watch it. Absolutely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are watching live at the Sports Addict. He is Al Archer. I am Clark Lawrence, and we do this show weekly, uh, every week, 6.30 p.m., maybe 6.31, depending on, uh, on the, uh, the technicalities going on here. You can follow us on Twitter at Larcher Lawrence and always watch the show www.twitch.com slash sports addict. Join the Twitch, follow us, tell your friends to follow us, maybe make your dad an account, have him follow us. If he's still with you, have your mother follow you. If she's still with you too, have him join in. She gone. Yeah. I liked your I liked your little bit on uh, uh, your quarterback name being your what was it your the last thing you touched and uh, your grandfather's gran- your name? grandfather's name and the last thing you touch that's your quarterback name and mine was Frank Magnet what was yours I, Irving Clicker Irving Clicker we're gonna have to ask our next guest uh, his idea on it we're gonna you ready to go over there to the hotline we'll just we'll jump on a little bit early it looks like we're over there in the uh, in the green room. Ready to roll? Are awesome. you ready for that, Al? I love, I love guests. This is one you told me yesterday, Clark, at the steak dinner. You go, uh, uh, we're replacing you, and uh, we're, we're going to try out your replacement tomorrow. So this is lovely. No, I maybe it's my replacement. I don't know. I mean, for the Chicago knows? Media League Hang Championship game, I'm your play-by-play man, Matt Spiegel, joined tonight by Adam Cumby. Adam, how are you? Welcome doing, in. Doing great, Speeds. Uh, excited to see this game. I had a little All-Star game before this. Uh, Saw some folks in this game getting nice and warmed up, and it uh, seems like there's a lot of excitement surrounding this game. This game, That right there, Al, is, of course, from the 16-inch Media League final from out there at Forest Park, uh, where Adam Cumby, our next guest, did the color commentating, while Matt Spiegel, a uh, famous Chicago Cubs play-by-play guy, uh, was, doing the, uh, was doing the play-by-play for that game. Uh, Adam, welcome to the show. It's great to finally meet you here today. How's it going, fellas? Glad to be here. It's good. I like. I like the. Was it the string cheese incident shirt on there? No, this is actually a uh, Chet Stedman, the cheese, the high stinky cheddar huh. shirt. So, oh, Al, very different. It's very a baseball different. movie, Al. It might not be up your alley there. It's a, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I do like the Gary, wrestling Gary stuff. Busey, though, so. Yeah, Gary Busey. He's he's crazy. He's crazy enough to enjoy. Um. Yeah. Well, welcome to the program. It's glad to have you in the attic. Um, I, I like the lucha mask in the background. I see a little world title going on there, and uh, you, you're ready to go. Always ready to go. I got all my uh, my different waves of sports up here, so figured I had to fit in. You know, I've got my I'm in the attic as well, so I couldn't be doing this from a first floor or a second floor. I had to be up in the attic. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm the only I'm the only basement guy here. I guess it'll work. You uh, you are we're the ceiling, Clark. You are the you are the floor. I guess the first thing I want to ask you about, Adam, is what we were we were just discussing all of the all of the Chicago Bears possibilities right now, where the franchise is. Uh, where's your head on that right now? Uh, I'm I'm kind of rolling with you guys. I've been on the Dable train for a while. Um, always been a you know if you got a quarterback with raw talent who's really hasn't put it together yet, 
Josh Allen didn't look that great his first year. And to see what Dable and probably Dorsey did, were able to do with him, um, and that's a name I, you shouldn't sleep on either, Ken Dorsey. I think he's, uh, you know, he's somebody who's done a lot with them. Their offenses looked really good. But, you know, the biggest problem with Nagy is he really refused to adjust to what was in front of him. And we've seen a lot of different looks from Dable. That gives me a little, uh, a little bit of comfort, um, you know, when looking at some of these things. So he's definitely right at the top of my list. He's a guy who crafts, you know, he, he goes in his laboratory, he, you know, he has special lights and he's got, he's got boards and magnets and he moves pieces around and he figures things out where Maggie, Nagy, he would just get home and he would read a book on positivity and go to sleep and think he's, you know, a little self-help will fix everything. And that just wasn't the case. And so, the, yeah. The way that I like his Nagy was, you know, you always talk about, Oh, the Andy Reed playbook, he's coming here with Andy Reed system and, he just, he seemed like the little brother that Andy Reid passed his notes down to in high school and he had all the answers, but he didn't know how to get them. So it really didn't matter because he never quite got there. So he might've known what he was trying to do. He just didn't know how to do it. So yeah. year one of Nagy, year one of Nagy, we were so blessed with like probably peak Vic, Vic Fangio Bears defense, Khalil Mack, newly into the hunt and they were just phenomenal. So all these little trick plays and everything coming from Nagy, everything seemed so fun you know, they're, you know, Hicks is getting a, getting in, in the game, you know, on the offense, everything was a lot of fun there. And then every year since it just, it just went away. I, I, I hate continuing to bring it up. I'm, I'm with you guys on, on the Dable train. Adam, are you, are you with Al there where it's just get him hired and then we'll figure out the GM at this point? Um, in some ways, yes. Some ways, no. I'm kind of on the fence about that because I feel like if, if that's really their guy and, and, you know, he seems like he's it and he's got a plan for what you've got in-house, I know the chatter now is, well, is the next guy going to be into field? Is he going to be committed to that? Or, you know, how are they going to perceive him as a future quarterback long-term? Um, so I think, you know, if Dable thinks he's the guy and he believes in what they've got in-house and he's impressive, um, he's one of the few that I think that's okay Otherwise, I, you know, I'm, I'm not against seeing somebody craft their coaching staff and what they do in their image. Uh, obviously, there's benefits to that if they know what they want. Um, we've swung and missed the last few times with that, but, you know, you, you never know. So, yeah. I thought it was interesting. Peanut Tillman posted something about, you know, like, what does it take to be a, a, a NFL GM? And I don't know if he was looking, you know, interested in the job or is he just saying in general, what does it mean to be a, an NFL GM? And it's such a rare position where there's, only there's only what 30 32 31 32 teams yep. uh, so there's only 32 jobs and then some of them are weaker than others and there's not really a proven uh training system that that brings gms in and you know you look to the outside at some point so i'm not like with a coach you know what you're getting it, it's the most important piece of a front office and i would even argue that the coach should have a hand in picking the GM as, as opposed to the other way around in a modern NFL system. I mean, I think that's where we need to be. Okay. And if that relationship is there, obviously, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the problem that we've had here is it's never been a fresh start. It's always been one inheriting the other. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you have a coach, you really, again, who really knows what he wants, whether it's Dable or someone else, um, you know, so be it. Uh, obviously, it's got to be a symbiotic relationship. We've seen what can happen when it's, you know, tilted one way or the other. And, you know, you really need that relationship. So absolutely. A Dable hiring can't happen until the bills aren't playing anymore. Right. That's, that's still the rule. They can be interviewed on, on non game days, but I don't think the hiring can happen. So they're playing against uh, the chiefs. No. Yeah. The bills are playing the chiefs this weekend. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you? What do you think, Al? Where do you think that game's going? Well, I, I mean, it's it's in Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City tends to actually like uh, drive scores down. Um, I'm liking Buffalo still. Uh, I'm still on the Buffalo bandwagon. I think Kansas City just hasn't looked like Kansas City all year. And, uh, you know, Mahomes is still more than capable of of dominating that game in in winning it single-handedly. And he doesn't need to do it single-handedly because he's got, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill and he's got Kelsey. And, uh, you know, there's uh, somewhat of a run game. I mean, uh, about as good of a run game as the Bills have. So, um, but I'm still still liking it. I mean, Vegas has it really close. It's definitely going to be a fantasy football uh, plethora. Uh, I mean that's that's where all the uh, ownership is going to come because the over under on that game is pretty high. So uh, it's exciting, but I, I'm definitely on the Kansas City ba- or uh, the Buffalo bandwagon. Do you guys buy into this last weekend having no? There weren't really many competitive really? games. Are you? Oh, am well, I? That is the best point you've had, Clark. All all the like since we've been doing this show. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, I hit the mute button. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Sir. Do you guys? Are you buying into that? Oh, there were no competitive games this weekend. What's Wild Card Weekend all about? I mean, it it just it, I don't know. It, it seems to me that a lot of times games are blowouts in the NFL. Yeah, I think like uh, it's what like eighty plus percent of games that come within seven points. Um, I, I mean, I I don't like this extra week of football. So I mean, I think this is a byproduct of that extra week of football, and, and it just it just led to bad football, but. The first round in anything is generally, you know, scrubs versus uh, stars. And you, that's what you got a lot of. Look, New England were pretenders, okay? They, they, were, they don't have a great team. Um, they, have, they have great coaching. They have, they have discipline. They have things that got them there. But at the end of the day, they were shit. And the only reason we thought they had a chance was because of uh, Bill Belichick. You know, we, we put a lot of stock in the boogeyman. And uh, it, was, it was, it's a bad team. And, you know, Tennessee this week, I don't know who the Tennessee Titans are, and they're the number one seed in the NFC. And uh, Cincinnati, we know who they are, and they're on fire right now. I mean, that's going to be a great game. You know, you talk about bad games last week. Well, you got, the, you got an unknown question mark at Tennessee against uh, red-hot Cincinnati. Great game. San Francisco versus Green Bay. It's like 1980 all over again. Love it. Uh, the Bills. Versus the Chiefs, I mean, this this could be the game of the playoffs. I mean, the Super Bowl is always a dud. This could this could be the game right here that we all talk about and remember. And then you got L.A. versus Tampa Bay, which, you know, Tampa Bay is favored. It's in Tampa Bay, but it sure feels like the the Rams are are uh, pushing forward. Well, Tampa Bay has got a hole in their ship. So, you know, it's exciting this week. Yeah, yeah, that's you know with the expanded format, you're you're kind of going to get that where mediocre teams are now getting in. You look at the Bears last year. You look at how you know how poorly the Eagles played uh, this week, um, and you get into this week, and now you've got some amazing matchups. So you know there were some exciting moments last week, but uh, some of those blowouts, it's like man, this <laughs> this is really a bit much. And then you know, is it all worth it going into this week when you've got some of these marquee matchups? You know, n- not really a dud in the bunch. So. Uh, somewhat yeah. makes up for it, but yeah, it's kind of hard to watch some of those games where, you know, by, by the end of the first quarter, you're like, all right, what can I do now? Yeah, sure. Hey, and when there's no, there's no competition, you know, it's not like you have red zone and there's, you know, eight games going on. It's yeah. one game at a time. And when it's bad, it's like, yeah, I, you know, maybe I'll go for a walk. 
I'm not going to walk through any kid parks or anything like that, but, you know, maybe it's time to go for a walk. Uh, Adam, I, I mentioned to you the other day that uh, I was a little bit interested in talking to you about your time up at Whitewater because my dad happened to be a, a huge D3 fan and would follow D3 a lot. And while you were up there at Whitewater, uh, you did, I, I've caught you doing a couple of uh, some commentating on on the games there. What years were you at, at Whitewater? Uh, I was there through uh, 2007 through 2011. So I did the uh, all the football seasons 2007 through 2010, and then uh, pretty much all the other sports at Whitewater. So, so we're, we're, uh, okay, we're talking where the football team won. What what was it? Four. Four uh, championships, championships, and a runner-up in my time there. Jesus, that's insane. It, I, I was going to ask you. I'm like, it was either them before I looked at the list. It was either them winning it or Mount Union, because there was a good yeah, five uh, to eight years there where it was just the two teams. Yeah, pretty much. You had the consistent three. Uh, it was the D3 Purple Rain. It was Mount Union, Mary Harden, Baylor, and UW Whitewater. So pretty much the semis and the finals always always had one of those teams for about a decade straight. So. Was it, uh, it's pretty nuts to was see it, some of those teams on top. Oh yeah, I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but was it right oh, up until fine. was it right up until uh, what is it Leipold? Yes, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got Leipold his, his last couple years. Okay, and that was I mean they were winning it right up until about when he when he left to go up to Buffalo. It looks like. Yeah, he. Uh, I believe it was a national championship his final season, and then Kevin Bullis took over. Okay. All right. I mean that's a hell of a run. If you're winning all of those championships, you're going to get looked at by D1 schools. Oh, There's absolutely. No and we, in my four years uh, announcing those games, we lost three games total. Uh, one was in a national championship against Mount Union in a one-score game. Uh, one was to a Division II school, St. Cloud State from Minnesota. And then one was on a the worst, the, the quietest I've ever heard Perkins Stadium. So you've got 14,000 people in there, and we're winning. Last play of the game, uh, Steve, we're playing against UW-Stevens Point up near Wausau, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, – so uh, they go for a two-point conversion to, to win the game instead of tied up with the field goal. And they lob a pass in the back corner of the end zone, and the guy's wide open, and you can just hear the air get sucked out of this stadium. And it was mm. the, the only regular season home loss that we had in my four years. Al, for a guy who's, who's doing you know, what, what you're doing up there, that, was the, that must have been the prime. And I know you said you did a lot of sports up there, but to be there through that, that that's kind of a gift to be able to oh, watch I- history in the making while you're there. Absolutely. I, you know, my freshman year was the first year they did it, and they'd been runner-up so many times before that. Um, you know, th- that was the year they finally broke through, and to be able to be a part of that, you know, I started as a sideline reporter. Uh, it all started because I got lucky. I just I had a radio class with the sports director at the TV station, and, you know, nobody wanted to do sideline reporting because it was negative 10 degrees outside, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, that was, that was the year we won, so it was it was a lot of fun. And then seeing people come through – you know, Matt Blanchard, Jake Kumaro, these guys who have either gotten shots in the NFL or have, you know, been consistently on rosters in the NFL. Pierre Garcon from Mount Union my freshman year. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really cool to see these guys who are up against all odds and then, you know, they, they get their chance. So, yeah. Um, I want to ask you about something really quickly that, that kind of caught my eye. I want to know what, uh, what was Newsroom? While you were Newsroom. <laughs> so we had. Have a, you talked uh, about that in a while? With the, a lot of classes with the broadcast. That's look at that handsome guy on the left. <laughs> I was such a slovenly person. I don't know how I was on TV. Um, so newsroom was uh, a lot of our classes for broadcast journalism were practicum classes. So radio practicum, uh, a lot of production classes, and one of the the capstone classes, um, you have to produce a TV show. 
So we did Newsroom, which was a spinoff of, uh, you know, shows like The Office and everything else where uh, a small TV station in Jefferson, Wal Jefferson Falls, Wisconsin, loses all funding and they have to run a TV station with basically a bunch of unpaid interns from the local community college. Um, but it was, it was an absolutely wild show. I have some great memories writing that with, you know, kids in my class. And we just, one day were like, let's just do a, you know, a, a mockumentary. And, uh, you know, it's, that's something that I did not think you were going to pull out. But yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. It was 99% improv too. So we had, was, you know, here's a direction and just go with it. But yeah, that was a, a nice little two season arc we had there on newsroom. Alan, well, I you just, know, oh, go ahead. You know, Clark's actually a master of improv. He's a, a graduate of Second City. Yeah, uh, that that would be Al Archer there. Uh, we always found while filming improv stuff, sometimes it it was difficult because you just there's there's so much going on. It's hard to cut that up later on. Uh, yeah, it, oh, it yeah, can become difficult. You've got to you've got to have a lot of rules in place. You know, know where you're going. No, 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 some beats that you're going to hit. And uh, man. That sounds like a blast. I wish it could have been. A, uh, I, yeah, we did. Uh, we had another one as well. It was a part in the interruption knockoff, and we called it P.O. Maya Spears. Please excuse our interruption from your regular daily schedule. We called it P.E.O., <laughs> but uh, it's still running to this day. So, uh, what, 11, 12 years strong, this stupid little show that we made up in a class last minute is uh, still going strong on UWWTV. That's awesome. Part of what really interested about me about bringing you on here, Adam, uh, is the fact that I feel that you and, and Al Larcher have lived similar lives. You have spoken to me about seeing some LWF shows back in the day. Some, didn't you, the, uh, uh, the, the CM Punk shows back in the day? Myself, no, no. Uh, Resistance Pro, I've, I've seen quite a few shows. Okay. Um, well, I uh, know Dreamwave Wrestling, you, uh, a lot of those ones. So you've had, you've dipped your toes into the independent waters, both as a, as a performer, uh, as a, as a wrestler a little bit for about a year. Like you did some training for that. Al Correct. was once the commissioner of a federation down near Paris, Illinois. I was beautiful. And Al, I know knows how to take a bump at this point. We, we use yeah, that. I did, a, I did a year of training. Uh, not very good, you know, but. Al, you were the commissioner, and did, didn't you get fired as the, uh, no, the on-air commissioner? Fired. No, no, no. I did. I did. A, I was. A, I was the color guy, and I was the commissioner. And uh, no, I was never fired. Oh, I, I was. I was fired up from the radio job that was in the town, but never, <laughs> never, never from the the wrestling promotion. Well, and there's the other thing: uh, the, the radio you had in common. So I was really interested in bringing you guys together. What? What? How much training are you doing when you're doing that? Are you going three nights a week? And neither one of you can answer at this point. Like. As you're training to become a, a professional wrestler, like what is that like? Uh, for me, it was uh, require, required you know, one night a week, but you know, two, three nights a week minimum. You're out there, you're you know going out there learning stuff, and then obviously you've got your shows all weekend. So Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, Friday nights, you're you're setting up, doing all that kind of fun stuff. So wow, wow, we were a little more leisurely. I think we had uh, two a week. You know, we'd build, we'd build the ring in somebody's backyard, and, uh, I mean, it was very uh, country, very country, small-town wrestling school, uh, but, it, you know, it was fun. Monday Night Wars hit me right in the, in the time, and I know we've talked a little bit about that, both of you guys. Uh, my setup was to have guys over, and I split the cable, and we watched both shows at one time. I know a lot of people, you know, recorded one on VHS while watching the others. 
But that was, you know, the height of pro wrestling. I know you've mentioned you've watched some of that. How was your typical Monday night watching experience back when WWE and WCW were going up against each other? Myself, um, my parents and my neighbor. I'm guessing you were pretty young during the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, I was, uh, let's see, I was like 11, 12, middle school. Okay. Um, So, yeah, we did the same thing. Um, My dad was very handy with technology, so we had the TV split. My parents worked nights. My neighbor's parents worked nights. I lived in an apartment building with a bunch of kids, so we would all get together at one of our houses with the two TVs going, and I was kind of telling Clark we had what we called a bed bed where we just, during commercials, whatever, you know, we're wrestling, slamming each other on the beds. Um, I've broken countless furniture. I'm pretty sure that's why I grew oh, up yeah. poor, because um, my parents constantly had to replace their bed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we did the dual TV. If something was going on, you know, crank the volume up on one, but the volume's still going on the other TV. And, you know, it was amazing. It was great. Um, obviously, both federations had their quirks, but, you know, there, there, there was a lot of good stuff going on, a lot of entertaining stuff, especially for an 11, 12-year-old at the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, where, did, where did you grow up? Myself, I grew up in uh, Des Plaines. All right, Prospect Heights, right down nice. the street, man. There you go. We do we do run in the same gravitational. Yeah. <laughs> really you're, you're, you're saying some things that are right off of there. And I know one thing. I wasn't at WrestleMania 13. Was anybody else here on, at WrestleMania 13? Yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah, two we, guys. Look who, at this. There I it am. Is. My man. <laughs> there it is. We were there for the most historic moment in wrestling history that changed the course of uh, wrestling forever. When when Austin was bleeding out and, and he passes out and Bret Hart wins and the double that was, turn. That was all I needed. I was from that yeah. day on. Stone Cold was my guy. That's for. <laughs> I didn't care how much I got in trouble saying the things he was saying. I was you know I was a good kid in school, but when I started getting into Stone Cold, man. I've enjoyed. I enjoyed watching him discuss it uh, on one of the uh, on his WWE show at some point. His uh, the podcast he does there, discussing that moment, and he's like, "We had to get the color, had to have it." And he said, "And and it, he didn't know how bad it looked, but he knew he he knew they they had something. That's for damn sure. After what they did, phenomenal. Yeah, it would not have been the same without without it for sure." Al, was it at that WrestleMania where your famous moment where we can find you while watching the show? Was it at WrestleMania? No, no, no. That was SummerSlam. I was at WrestleMania 13. I was like in the rafter. Oh, you were much younger at SummerSlam. Like where you're, you're booing men on a mission. I just, it's about the same time period, but yeah. We yeah. can find it while watching the SummerSlam. I've got to go do that again. It's one of my favorite things. It was the SummerSlam with, uh, with Walter Payton and Razor Ramon and – uh, Undertaker versus Undertaker. Leslie Nielsen was there. Uh, it was crazy. So Brett, Brett versus Owen in a cage, I think. Okay. Wow. Man, Owen to have him a, a, a bit longer would have been phenomenal. I think it. It, it always. It just. It feels like yeah. that. I feel that's true. Of most dead people, Clark. Sure. If we just had him a little longer. Things would have been better. <laughs> Thank you. The, the thing with Owen, too, is that, man, he, he would have been thriving in this current generation. Uh, a lot yeah. of the stuff he was doing, a lot like your, your dynamite kid, where they say if he was, you know, 15, 20 years later, the guy would be an absolute star. Um, you know, Owen was doing a lot of things that now is commonplace, but back then it wasn't. And, and you know, that was, a, that was a big loss for the industry, for sure. Yeah. If you could go back, like, if you're a wrestling person and you, you don't know about the past, like dynamite kid versus tiger mask. Um, there's some great Owen stuff. Like you just look at some new Japan, look at like some Jusha Thunder Liger, 
And they were doing things, especially Dynamite. The Dynamite Kid in those Tiger Mask matches were insane. Where they were doing things that, like, oh, that's what the Young Bucks are doing now. Yep. That seems brand new and cutting edge. It was like they were doing it then. And it was just, you know, it just wasn't popular. It just wasn't a style that ever made it in America. It didn't fit that booking philosophy at that time. Yeah. Uh, before we let you get out of here tonight, uh, we just mentioned you grew up around here. I grew up a little bit further away, but uh, I recall Les Grobstein in the late 90s when his first run over at the score, I would have a weekly gig running karaoke at the town over. So I'd spend about a half hour or a few towns over about a half hour driving home on a Tuesday night. And that's where I first got a lot of my Grobstein back then. And then, of course, you know, here and there, uh, I had a delivery gig that got me out at four in the morning would be listening to them. You guys all grew up here. Adam, I'll, I'll ask you first for your, your general thoughts on, on Les Grobstein and, uh, and the, the whole essence of who that man was. I mean, he was unique, man. Uh, I used to work a lot of nights working in sports, you know, late nights at the arena, getting off and, and driving home to, to Grubber, uh, you know, working at the bar, bouncing and driving home at his, the last hour of his shift. And, you know, it, he was genuinely him. And the way that he dealt with some of these calls, um, you can kind of see he, you know, he basked in it. He enjoyed it. Some of these calls were ridiculous, but he took his time with every single person, no matter how outlandish they were. Um, you know, going into now up to up recently, you know, I, I stay up till two, three in the morning and in one ear, I've got a headphone playing Grobber at night. Um, you know, he was a great companion at night. He, a lot of people called in, you know, you, you hear uh, Bernstein likened his callers today on the radio to, to the misfits and the miscreants. And, you know, he, he didn't mean it in a derogatory way, but you, you know, some of the calls you're getting the people who are absolutely hammered drunk and just call in to talk to talk to Grobber and, and he, he talked to them and he got to know them and um, just kind of shows what an amazing person he was, you know, growing up in the area, listened to him forever. You know, my dad was a scorehead when it first started and I grew up with the station and someone like him has been a constant for such a long time um, for it to happen so unexpectedly and to see how many people uh, really came out to support him. It, it's an amazing thing, you know, and like they said today on the radio as well, everybody ragged on him, but he, he, he appreciated it. He enjoyed it. He liked being a part of it. Um, they had fun at his expense, but he, you know, he took it because he liked to have fun as well. He knew who he was unapologetically and, you know, he's, he's going to be a big hole to fill if they fill it. If not, um, you know, it's going to be sorely missed in that slot. Yeah. That'll be the interesting thing to see is if, uh, if they're going to stick with a local show, which, you know, a lot of guys today and yesterday on the, on the, on the station, a lot of people were saying that they hope we can keep local. And I do too. Like I'd, I'd love that to stay local, but in all honesty, I, these days I don't get to listen to it that much, yeah. but I, I love that Chicago has that the late night. I, I think it would be really cool. I've seen the suggestion in a lot of places, but someone like uh, Chris Ranji, you know, taking over, um, you know, he, he deals with a lot of those, you hear the Sox post game calls very similar. So, you know, he's already got that, uh, that practice dealing with the late night callers. Um, you know, something like that would be great. Obviously, you know, given somebody who did late nights with him, sometimes who was with him a lot, like Groats would be really cool. But, you know, if they don't do it, that's just the way radio is going, unfortunately. But it'd be really cool to see it keep going. Um, it was a big part of a lot of people's lives. So, uh, Grody and Ranji are moving in together as roommates. So uh, That's right. Ranji's I think coming back. So his timing couldn't be more perfect. It could just be the two of them doing the show or, you know, every other night. I don't know. They could, they that could would figure be it amazing. out. I would be fully in support of that. Yeah. All right. Adam, 
thank you so much for joining us tonight, brother. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'll tell you, Al, something about him and, and those those watching and listening right now, something about you, Adam, that I really appreciated. I, I, I asked if anybody knows any graphic designers, and you said, hey, I'll give it a shot. And thank you so much for coming up with uh, that new Sports Attic logo uh, that we use on, on our you, Twitter and, and Twitch handle these days. So that was really good. Yeah, that was really awesome of you. For, uh, uh, a fellow, a fellow uh, North Northwest Side River kid, you know, uh, pleasure, a pleasure to speak with you. Clark wouldn't know about those things. He grew up, you know, somewhere where they still had a fire brigade in the nineties. So. All right, hey, Al likes to jump on this that we didn't have nine one one until I was like a senior in high school. They always wondered, like, how, how, what do we do? Who, who do we call? Do we go outside and just yell for the fire department? No, we had a, you called the fire station. All right. Christ. Yell, yell down the street and they come come rushing in. Fire! Fire! Hell! <laughs> we were a little more civilized, even though, you know, we were off the banks of a river that just would raise occasionally and flood everybody. Oh, I live right next to the river in Des Plaines, so I'm very familiar with that. Oh, man. Have you been checked for, have you been checked for Lyme disease? So far, so good. That's okay. good. All right. If, if, <laughs> if you have some issues in life, go, go check on the Lyme disease, because, man, it's a, a lot of mosquitoes. Starting to feel a little droopy now. I don't know. <laughs> Adam, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Well, uh, we'd love to have you back sometime. So come, come. Uh, don't be a stranger. Join us again. Anytime. Would love to be back. Thanks, right. guys. Yep. That's Adam Cumby, guys, joining us on the Joseph's Meats, Jonas Joseph's Finest Meats uh, Hotline. I, that's easy to say. The Joseph's Finest Meats Hotline over there on Addison. And their meat is fine. I mean, it's absolutely the finest meats I've ever had. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, we we asked earlier about the uh, your quarterback name being uh, what is it, Clark? Help me out. Here. Uh, it's your it's your grandfather's first name. I guess you can just pick either one, and uh, and the uh, and your uh, the last thing you touched. And at the time, I went with my grandfather Frank, so I was Frank yeah. Magnet. And I went I went with a because my 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 one of my grandfathers was Al because I'm the third. Right. So you know, I it just didn't seem fun. So I went with the, the other one, which is Irving. Okay. Irving Clicker was mine. Uh, but some people in the chat, we have uh, uh, W. Wilson for life was Ronald Treadmill. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like Ronald uh, Charlotte J. 136 was uh, Robert Baby. Bobby mm-hmm. Baby to some. Yeah. I like Bobby Baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, Sean Denny, William Bottle, William Bottle, Billy Bottle. Yep. That would, would be a great uh, quarterback name. Yep. Those are great. I can't find them all or I'd throw them all up there too, but. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I my other one, it could have been Harry Magnet at the time. My my grandpa Harry. Oh, Harry! Yeah, why wouldn't you go Harry, man? Well, because Harry's I, a quarterback name. So Harry, Harry, and Marie, they passed away about six months apart between my first and second birthday. I never met them. Uh, I never met. Well, you think a great tribute would be their, your Twitter? Uh, <laughs> yeah, quarterback I'm sure I mean, that that's that a great be- tribute. I'll. I'll make sure yeah. that I, I leave a note on his grave that says, you know, my Twitter name on uh, on the 18th of January in 2020, my quarterback name was Harry Magnet. I just feel like grandparents who pass before the kids are born really get the, the, the uh, proverbial historical uh, shaft by the living. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. <sighs> that was great. It's nice to get some uh, people on the show. Last week, of course, we had uh, first beer down join us, Casey yeah. and Kellen. We we've got to have them on again, maybe in about a month. And then Patrick joined the show, our former comedy accident brother, with uh, Casey, you and I, and Eric and Phil. 
It was a uh, it was a nice little reunion. So it was nice to have Adam on this week. I like Adam. Yeah, I mean, literally, we grew we grew up about fifteen twenty minutes apart. I I was catching some similarities just chatting with him a bit, and then you know beforehand. But tonight, like just seeing, yeah, you you guys your your orbits are very near. You guys orbit yeah. near near each other, kind of like uh, Pluto. Oh, wrestling fans. I mean, that's the good old days, man. Yeah, no shit. Uh, w. Wilson for life says Harry Magnet is a Hall of Fame first round. Shit. I would say. I would say he is. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I'd go Harry Harry Magnet. Frank Magnet sounds like a guy broadcasting. I'm Frank Magnet, and, uh, you know, it's time for CBS football. I think maybe he's a, he's a, a, a cop on, a, on some cop show. Frank Magnet. I could see that, too. Yeah. That's what I would see. Hey, you're watching live at the Sports Attic. We're uh, we're about to hit hour number two here. We, we've 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 gone through the the whole first hour of the show. What I can tell you is, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Larcher Lawrenson. You can watch us there if you want. You can watch us on Twitch. You can watch us on YouTube. You can always watch us on Facebook Live and grab the podcast, guys. Spotify, hit up Spotify if you get a chance. Find us over there. That'd be pretty fantastic. Yep. Wilson spent his days watching the first hour of WCW because, of course, they started an hour earlier back in the day, if I recall. Then watch all of Raw and then rewatch the second showing of WCW. That's right. WCW always went back to back with it on TNT back in the day. I did Raw only. I never watched any WCW. It was an inferior product, Uh and I didn't have time for it. So I just watched purely raw. I would watch the news, and then uh, I would I would wait through Letterman, uh, and then get to Tom Snyder. Okay. All right. Never turn on a second of WCW. Never. Never, Never for a big event. Nope. I went to one show. I went to the uh, Rodman at the United Center. Yeah, I was there. Uh, that was the first night that Sting came down from the rafters. Was at that uh, that WCW show. My That's favorite Harlem Heat fact is still the fact that they turned the Brooks and Dunn T-shirt into their ring gear. Is that really what they did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we put that up on the show one time. We definitely have. We've definitely talked about it and shown things. Uh, Four Horsemen with Mongo. Yeah, Mongo was one of your favorite things. Larcher? He was my favorite football player of all time. Well, then why didn't you uh, watch him because, on WCW? Maybe because he was amazing. And then he did that, uh, the Post Bear show with, I think it was like, uh, uh, it was Gian Greco? Greco? Yeah, I think it was Gian Greco. Uh, or and, uh, Adam Lee? It was him or Adam Lee. It was him or Adam Lee. Didn't they have something where they, one of them wanted to take a yeah. shot or something? What? There was some well, crazy I think Steve McNichol said he had, a, he had a syringe full of AIDS. Oh, that's he right. Poke, he was trying to poke animally, and that got him fired. I mean, well, right? I mean, so. eh, you know. <laughs> but that was just, that got him perfectly for a wrestling audition. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I loved him as, as as an announcer. I I love seeing Mongo there as a Bears fan. It was it was great. I just I still can't believe you never you never watched. Um, no. Right, guys. Come here, baby. Did we not have a best two out of threes? Out of three uh, match this last weekend, Al. We did. We had a best two out of three, and unlike in professional wrestling, it only went two. It did only go two. Again, um, 
I didn't. I we didn't end up getting dessert, so it didn't matter. Huh? Yeah, you what? can hear me. Um, I think night one I beat you by less than a point. That was ridiculous. Hold on, it keeps going out. And then night two, when it came time for the final games and all the lineups are revealed, and all the lineups were revealed, I noticed that Al's team, that I had four players left going, and he had two going, and we both had those same two players going, so Al couldn't gain any more points on me, and I caught you on night two, so... I'm not. I'm still not making any money. I think I sent you a message that night, showing you that my tournament games hey, are you shit. Hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. My okay. tournament right, games are shit. I've listened to you on how to play cash. I've listened to you a lot there, but I haven't listened to you on tournament games. And my next season, next season, what I'm going to work on is getting better at tournament games because I think that between the two of us playing very smart in tournaments. I think I think one of us is bound to hit pretty damn well. Good. I've hit twice, so I've hit three times really. So I agree with what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you're playing the same way I'm playing, then yes, that greatly increases your odds. I mean, because it takes. It took me. I think it was what two, three, three years between hits. Uh, like the you know, CJ you know, wants you know, to know who has the cat. That's you, of course, with Rygard. Yeah, so Rygard. You know. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. You can go ahead. I'm just. You don't win a tournament every week. You know, you you. It, it takes a lot to get there, and you got to constantly be redoing your craft and learning, uh, learning on the fly. There's a lot of that going. Okay, this isn't working. Why isn't this working? And uh, uh, fixing mistakes. And but if you do everything right, and man, it's as simple as there's like two laws that if you follow, have your ownership under uh, 13.5% per player and double stack your teams. You do that. You're in a, like a five percentile of players who have the highest percentage of winning. Like 90% of the time, the teams that the games, the teams that won tournaments, I think it was like 90 to a hundred percent of the time teams that won like the million maker have double stack correlation and definitely have under 13.5% ownership. So if you go ahead and you take – you look at money and, and you're buying players based on wage and ceiling like you do, but then you throw in these little rules, it forces you to build the perfect team, and, that, and that's how you win. Okay. Well, let's, let's go. Let's do this next year. Let's roll. I'm all in. John Michaels was phenomenal. I, I mean, I think he was better than Bret Hart. Um, I mean, that's that's my take on it. I think Shawn Michaels was the definitive 90s wrestler that, uh, you know, uh, shaped the game. The best in-ring performer, the best uh, overall performer, the best uh, talent. Yeah. The best at yeah, telling I a did, story. The drug problems and, and, and the, yeah. uh, you know, some of the, the, the situations that uh, um, really hurt him um, definitely – need to be uh, remembered and pointed out because I mean, they were, they were a huge factor in sure. uh, why he, he isn't even better than he was. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, Shawn Michaels. I mean, he had a great resurgence after it too. I mean, he, he had been done. He had retired once with the back injuries and whatnot and 
came back and had a decent resurgence. And then uh, didn't he go over to Saudi Arabia and have a hell of a match over there two years ago or so? Didn't he in Triple H? Yeah, I, it, it wasn't a hell of a match. Did you watch yeah, it? Yeah, he had a match. Did you watch it? I never saw it. I'm sure I watched it. Yeah, I definitely watched it. I remember you telling me that it just like it, it would it, it might. It might dip into my thoughts on the legacy of Shawn Michaels, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I mean, do you want to discuss some WWE? Are Shawn and Triple H still running NXT? Are they still there? Is is Shawn still a coach? Is Triple H still running it? I don't with the so. new 2.0? And are you watching right now? Am I watching the show right now? No. Yeah. I'm doing a podcast. All right. Um, Are I, you... don't, uh, I, I, I focus 100% uh, on what's in front of me, Clark, please. Do you watch the weekly show at any point during your week? NXT, no. Okay. That's what I was checking. I, I think they have the, they've had the best, like, pay-per-views consistently over the last, like, five, six years. Obviously, the new NXT, this is a whole new ball game now 2.0 up until the blow up of uh, the, up until the blow up moving into 2.0 they've had the best pay-per-views of any company um you know new japan has had the best main events nxt has had the best shows and mm-hmm. then uh you know aew has been the most fun and uh, i think that's where it's been the last couple of years you know wwe i think puts on really exciting shows for the Fans who don't always watch and, and just enough for fans who do. Uh, but I think those other companies have, have done better. And, uh, you know, NXT is WWE. It's the same company. So I'm going to really enjoy the Royal Rumble. Like, I, I like that they have Lashley and uh, and, and uh, Brock going up against each well, we, other. We definitely have to get the pool going. We, you know, we need to invite the Twitch uh, people, we need to get get our uh, Royal Rumble bets out. Yeah, and, let's get uh, that out there this week because uh, the Rumble's what? It, only a week or so away? Oh, that's true, yeah. Not this coming Saturday, is it? No, it wouldn't be. Is it a Saturday? Yeah. yeah. You sons of bitches. A Saturday? No. Unfortunately, I will not be watching with you. No, you, uh, you, yeah, no. COVID took you out a day or two. There's no way you can, right? Saturday, yeah. January 29th. Okay. Well, we'll we'll run the pool anyway. Are you going to be going on a no spoilers thing here? Or what's your what's your plan with that? Well, I'll probably just have it on at work. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll get it all set up and running here in the next coming days. Um yeah, we're doing a, a pool. Uh we'll we'll pick numbers uh in out of a hat. And you will, uh, you'll be assigned uh, whichever wrestler that is. Obviously, a number like 30 tends to be pretty popular. A number like 28. So next Tuesday on the show, near the end of it, we'll go ahead and we'll do the drawing. Oh, shit. We're drawing live on the show next week, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we can do that. Hey. So we'll start, pump, start pumping it up. You know? All right. I'm in. Uh, Wilson, W. Wilson wants to know, Larcher, Archer, Al Archer, what are your uh, top Top five matches of all time. Man, that's really hard. And if you just want to ballpark it, I think that's fine. The Denny Boys are in. They're, they're coming for their rematch uh, from last year. The Denny Boys? Yeah, the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, 
didn't didn't I screw didn't I, I oh I pulled their numbers last year and I pulled out like two in a row with just some real shit yeah, numbers like like ten and eleven both their picks were horrible they cut a promo on me I've still been looking over my shoulder Christ yeah. um, top five matches that's really really hard um, I mean five matches that I've been to uh, Brett versus Owen in a steel cage. Um, Gargano versus Ciampa in Chicago, uh, Flair versus Savage at WrestleMania eight, Austin, uh, in, in that same, in that same card, Bret Hart versus, um, Roddy Piper. Wow. Um, and then, uh, obviously Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13, uh, Kazuchika Okada versus, uh, Naito in the Tokyo Dome at uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12. That also had Jericho versus uh, Kenny Omega uh, in the Tokyo Dome. Um, we saw we saw what, what's his name win the world title Mahal, uh, Jinder Mahal. Jinder, oh, you're gonna put that one up there on the top? Well, that's definitely in the top uh, the top ten. That was on a SmackDown too. Sami Zayn versus uh, Shinsuke Nakamura at Takeover in Dallas. Uh, that wow. that was memorable. Um, wow, that was yeah. Zayn. That's crazy. Are but all time is so suggestive. Like, I could go back and tell you to go watch, you know, like, uh, Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania Six is one of my favorite matches ever. Wow. And, you know, objectively speaking, especially by today's standards, I mean, it would be pretty boring. And aren't you a Hogan guy? Yeah, I'm a Hogan guy. I love Hogan. He, uh, Hogan, didn't Hogan go and celebrate with him, though? Hogan, very Hogan did. Yeah. He stole the moment. He stole the moment after. Kept the focus on him. Was it WrestleMania 9 where he came out and beat Yokozuna after Hart lost to him? Was that 9? Yeah. yeah. I think that was 10. I think that was a – no, 10 was New York. That might have been 9. You're Caesar's right. Caesars Palace. Uh, Vegas. I think That's Jim Ross's first WrestleMania maybe. I think you're right, one? yeah. Eden came out backwards on a donkey. The good old days. Oh, my gosh. Man – so last week, you know, just a little lesson on fantasy football, just a quick one. Yeah, yeah. You always want to find ownership that's low, and you need to be contrarian to do it. So you've got to think outside of the box. And mm-hmm. last week was a perfect example of it. Because when people hear contrarian or play weird players, it doesn't mean you play, you know, uh, Zach Zentry of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who, who you've never heard of. You know, you don't, you don't play Blake Jarwin. Um, you play guys who realistically have a chance of putting up the points at, at the right price. Now, last week's uh, six-game slate was scary because at tight end, you had Travis Kelsey, uh-huh. who could legitimately put up 25-plus points. Rod Gronkowski, who's been on a tear, he's good for 100 yards and two touchdowns realistically. George Kittle uh, with San Francisco. Darren Waller. You know, with with Vegas, these are these are the best tight ends in football. They're all playing on the same slate, so to bet on other guys seems like a losing bet. But if you if you went and you thought about it, you know there was a guy who had a pretty good ceiling in there, who everyone was off. They weren't playing, and that was Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills, because Dawson Knox, even though his price is forty eight hundred, he was playing. Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick historically has taken tight ends out of games. So if you go with that logic, you automatically write him out, even though he's projecting well and he has lower ownership than any of those guys and is going to give you a very natural contrarian feel. 
And by the way, if you play Dawson Knox and you stack him with um, with Allen, yeah. well, now you, you've just got, you know, uh, 40, 50, 60 points just by playing those two guys together. And you're playing a very popular play in Josh Allen, and you're stacking them with a very unpopular play in uh, 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 the tight end, uh, Dawson Knox, uh, who puts up 25 points at the end of the day, and he's the second highest uh, scoring tight end on the week. Travis Kelsey got you 28.8 points, uh, so at six six thousand seven hundred, decent decent play there. Uh-huh. Uh, Dawson Knox gives you 25 points, but only cost you 4,800. I mean that that was a key to winning a lot of things. And again, if you took Dawson Knox and you stacked him with Allen, Allen had uh, he was tied or he was number one on the week. He was QB one on the week with 41.92 uh, points. Uh, Mahomes put up 41.6. So. Just contrarian means playing guys that make sense. Right, right. Um, but they were on. The, if we were playing the uh, the daily games, weren't they on separate days, Kelsey? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about a six game slate. So Knox had twenty five point nine. Yeah, uh, he's he's the reason that I, that I took second in, in that league. And he's the reason that I won a bunch of my head to heads because of Knox there. Um, Kelsey had his best game since he was out with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked good. Um, Made his money. And then some I have a filter on the tight end position. It's driving me crazy here. Um, yeah. Man. What's his name? Uh, uh, Williams, Daryl Williams. Wow. That one bit us all. Minus point six points. He fumbled the yeah. ball early, and I don't think he touched it again. Four rushing so, yards, one fumble loss. What a pain in the ass that was. I didn't even know McKinnon was on their team, Al. And all I see yeah. is him running like running like crazy. There was there was talk, there was chatter that like that was a risk you were taking, but it was just too good of a. There, it was a terrible running back slate. Yeah, they had nobody um, else. I mean, I'll jump back to that in a second. I'm going to go back to Saturday. So Saturday, the two games late, because uh, I actually have ownership on this. Darren Waller was the highest priced tight end at uh, fifty uh, 5.7. Mm-hmm. 51% ownership. That means half the field is going to play him. He gives you 14 points at the end of the day. Uh, the second projecting tight end was a value play. And that, of course, was taking a risk with the Cincinnati Bengals and playing uh, C.J. Uzama which actually was a pretty decent play at 3.5. He puts up uh, 18 points, but he came with 33% ownership. Dawson Knox was projecting third. He had only 13% ownership, where, by the way, the guy who had fourth um, projecting was Hunter Henry, 16% ownership. So uh, Dawson Knox had the third lowest ownership at 13% at tight end. He puts up 25 points. Uh, at 5.1. Uh, so just a good play there. Again, he was the lowest owned guy and projected to be the lowest owned guy of the top three uh, ceiling plays. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Just play play those guys. Don't, especially on smaller slates. This weekend, make sure you're playing, like, all the tight ends. Right. Like, really look at that field. Um, running back, yeah, that running back was terrible. I mean, what were you going to do? It was Joe Mixon who – you know, you just kind of got the feeling that Vegas was going to stop the run and it was, it was going to be a passing game. Right. And 
that's essentially what happened. I mean, Joe Mixon only puts up 11 points, you know, projecting at a uh, ceiling at 27. The second best projecting player at probably the best price and the best value with the highest rating was Darrell Williams. And uh, he's projected at a ceiling at 25. He puts up negative points. Brutal. And I got to think, I'm looking at the full slate. Um, what, what what was his weekend slate? Was that the Saturday slate, the three games? Uh, he was the Sunday, right? Sunday was the three games. Sunday, Saturday okay. was two. Yeah, I can look at ownership with that. So he was, he was projected the highest owner at 50%. So 50% of the field played him. So, I mean, that's, again, in another example of get off the chalk, man. Get off the chalk. If the chalk, if there's a question, if there's any question, if you can see a path to failure, you get off the chalk. Um, you know, the next highest projecting guy was uh, Najee Harris, which it made sense. Um, but he puts up 3.8 points. Okay. Like, he, he stuck, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to talk about on the week, the best running back was Jarek McKinnick. You know how many points he put up, Clark? What? 26. Okay. Wow. He, so, he put up know, 26? Only when, when you only have a three-game sample size, you know, 26 points, which wouldn't get you very far in a full slate, uh, was the highest uh, was the highest running back uh, point. Uh, projected at 0% ownership. Nobody was on him. You can't feel bad about not playing him. How many people played you it? You should feel bad for playing. Right. You should feel bad for playing Williams. Did anybody play him? Somebody played him. Uh, One person, I would guess. Let me, let me look back. In. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he – obviously somebody played him. Now, I did let the showdown. I did the showdown a little bit last night, too. And the showdown is where you, of course, pick a player to be your team captain. And uh, he gets one and a half times the regular points, and then you have five five other players. Right. Right. My best team, Al, I took 575th place out of um, – out of 158,000 or so. Okay. 575th place. It was a $3 game, and I won 20 bucks on this team. And do you know who, out of, on that showdown, who I had in my captain spot last night on that team? I made five different lineups. Um, Odell Beckham, Jr. The Rams' defense scored me 24 oh, points. Go. Cooper Cup got me 17. Stafford, 24.28. Kirk, 11. Beckham got me 17, and Ertz didn't do much with five points. But I got 98 points, and the first-place team got 104 points. I was a Rams touchdown, another Rams defensive touchdown away from being up at the top of that. So based on numbers and stuff, don't don't do that. (laughs) Don't play your defense as your captain. It worked for you. I made five different teams, and, and that was one of them. They came up yeah. and said, "Yeah, play the defense in this spot." Why? Even from a, even from a contrarian, uh, even from a contrarian standpoint, the data doesn't pan out on on that working. So, you know, um, you just, you, you're wasting money. But I, I get it; it's fun. And uh, if you don't know that, you don't know that. So five people split the number one prize. They all got twenty grand. Um, and Beckham was the guy that they played there. Um, 
And they all had the Rams. They had Gay, the kicker, Kirk, Cooper Cup, and Matt Stafford. And, uh, yeah, that's how they uh, – that's how they won 20K. So you, know, won 20 you, know, you, know the, you know the $3.20 max tournament game, right? Yeah. It's like one we play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared McKinnon was in the winning lineup this week. Was he? Uh, wow. For $50,000. The, the team was Patrick Mahomes, Jared McKinnon, Gainwell, Debo Samuel, Pringle, Wilson, Kelsey, Evans, and the Buff. Insanely contrarian team. I mean, your, your two yeah. starting running backs are McKinnon and Gainwell. What did Gainwell I mean, you do? You are just playing. Huh? What did Gainwell do? He puts up 16 and a half points at 4,400. Oh, so, right. he, he, you know, and again, on a slate where no one really put up a lot of points, McKinnon put up the most and he had him. So right. anything else didn't matter. McKinnon mm-hmm. was played in 3.68% of the uh, of, of the three dollar game. That's insane. Which I tell you, I, you know what that is? By the way, Gainwell was only played in less than a percent, so wow. extremely contrarian there. Um, that's guys like me who are um, using mass generators because, they, I mean, that's what you do. You know, you, you, you play all the players who potentially can score, and you yeah. mass generate, and that's, that's that 3%. Because if you're hand-building lineups, you're not getting there. You're not going, you know, I think McKinnon would be a great play. Right. Uh, Unless you're really ballsy, like I look, I was in a I was in a single entry tournament, which means there's no mass generators. And let's see what, uh, what do you think? Do you think McKinnon's going to be under three percent or over three percent? Under, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. yeah, you're I'll playing see. a little more conservatively, I would think, in smaller fields. Uh, wow, three point five percent. So. Exactly the same. Oh, wow. I wonder if that's across the site. There's a milli coming up. Oh, is it? I don't know. I think it's I think it's based on tournament, but it could be across the site, too. Um, there's a million-dollar game for 20 bucks each this upcoming weekend. Uh, One million to first prize. I, I didn't think they were doing that still. Um, yeah. And it's for Some the whole weekend. Now. It's for the whole weekend. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm going to start crafting. Um, you know, maybe we should. Uh, I'd like to do the twelve dollar fair catch there. Single entry. That'll be fine. Oh, there's a three dollar game. Twenty entry max again. So that's a sixty dollar game. Um, that's always a fun one. Definitely going to play some Millie Maker this week. I shouldn't. I kind of want to be done, but I'm going to go ahead and put together a couple teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna have to build stacks. I'm probably gonna avoid Kansas City, Buffalo because that's gonna be so popular. Um, Green mm-hmm. Bay, San Francisco would be my guess as as a winner. As a, it's probably the best contrarian build. You know, you get you get stars. They're gonna be very expensive, and it's gonna be hard to do. But you're, but that's going to force you if you play the stars in the San Francisco Green Bay game, and then it's going to force you to play the scrubs who are going to be lesser owned. So I mean that that's a technique there. Uh, Tennessee Buffalo has so much fantasy perspective. Per, 
potential. Yeah. You know, you build, I'd love to build a Cincinnati stack yep. with a run back Brown, you know, cause Brown is like the offense. And then I think you have Henry coming back this week. The highest which, over under is the, uh, is Bill's chiefs Sunday night at 54 yeah. and a half right now. Um, right. And the lowest over under is currently the Bengals and Titans at 47, which is wild. How's Burrow? I don't think I don't think that's going to scare people off of it though. No, is Burrow healthy? Yeah, Burrow's healthy. Burrow Burrow's going to play. Burrow's going to ball. Uh, right now, Burrow. W. Man, Wilson says both Henry and Julio are back. Every quarterback is projecting for thirty plus points, except Ryan Tannehill. Is proje- these are ceiling projections, by the way. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is projecting at twenty eight for a ceiling. Garoppolo at 29, and then everybody else is in that 30 range with Allen, Josh Allen being a ceiling of 37 points, where Joe Burrow's at a ceiling of 31. Um, there's a $1,000 difference in price between Burrow and Allen. Um, so that, to me, is going to come down to ownership. If people are, are scared of Josh Allen because of, of being the highest-priced quarterback on the field, and they're scared off of – uh, Stefan Diggs, because Stefan Diggs hasn't balled in a long time, and mm-hmm. he's still relatively expensive. Although, man, his price dropped. They priced him appropriately. He's sixty five hundred, whereas Cooper Cup is eighty six hundred. Okay. So, uh, you know, you're saving almost two thousand dollars playing Stefan Diggs and pairing him with uh, uh, Allen. Um, you know, we're Stafford sixty two, so you're saving a thousand off of uh, Allen, but you're still gaining about a thousand dollar difference by by that stack alone. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting week. Uh, Derrick Henry is projected back. He's the highest priced running back on the board, and wow. uh, you know that that feels right. But man, I mean, he's coming off a serious leg injury. It's leg, right? Yeah. Or was it shoulder? Um, no, I I don't recall. At all. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's a leg injury, um, a foot. He's day-to-day with a foot. Um, yeah, I was that, – that, but Brown had the big game coming off of them, uh, coming off the injury. They they weren't scared yeah. to go to him. You still want to be cautious of, uh, of players sure. with leg injuries. Leg injury – shoulder injuries, arm injuries, you, that's fine when they come back. But leg injuries, it should still be a concern. He's another one. You know, there's no projections on ownership right now. And, again, that's going to be a big part of this. If people are afraid to play Derrick Henry, play Derrick Henry. If everyone wants to play Derrick Henry, don't play Derrick Henry. Because there are plenty of running backs that could get there. Cam Akers uh, looked alive. It looks like they want to feed him more. Uh You know, his his touches are going to increase. Sony Michelle. You know, you want to get contrarian and think maybe they pull. They don't play Cam Akers as much. You know, I mean, Cam mm-hmm. Akers had 17 attempts for 55 yards against Arizona. So, I mean, you put him up to say 23 attempts. I mean, that's a that's a full workload. So, Cam Akers is a guy who who absolutely is worth playing. They they the uh, Sony Michelle only had seven or 13 attempts. So 13 attempts. Um, so pull his pull his attempts down to ten and increase uh, Cam Akers by three and uh, Cam Akers at fifty five hundred. I mean that's a hell of a play. Um, Elijah Mitchell, you know San Francisco, 
You know, here's another guy who's consistent, a running back in a game. You know, if you think that game goes towards San Francisco, San Francisco is going to control it by running the ball and keeping it out of uh, Aaron Rodgers' hand. So, I mean, that's exciting. So there's pivots off of the very pricey Derrick Henry. And then if you if you really want to lose money, I mean, Aaron Jones is probable, and uh, who knows? And he'll cost you? It's yeah, 68. He's yeah. You know what pisses me off? Giovanni Bernard with the Tampa yeah. Bay, because uh, I, I played a lot of Vaughn last week. Yeah, I, I went Vaughn, too. And uh, Bernard touches. Yeah. Taking his touches. Vaughn got Never, in the end zone, uh, though, so that helped. There's a saying in fantasy football, don't trust rational coaching. Like, uh, beware. If, like, Keyshawn Vaughn has looked good. Thanks, CJ. Right? It was a foot for uh, for Henry. Okay, so, yeah. Um, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn has looked good, you know, in, in the running back position. And uh, he was getting the attempts. So, you know, rational coaching would be like, oh, they're just going to keep it with the hot hand. But, no, coaches are stubborn, and they will go back to things because, you know, a guy doesn't lose his job because uh, of an injury. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that, that was the case there. Although I think Bernard had a pretty good game, if I'm not mistaken. 13 attempts, 44 yards of a touchdown, 3.4 yards of carry, uh, seven targets, five catches, 39 yards. So, yeah. Yeah, running back is ugly again this week. Right now, who's your Super Bowl pick? The winner. The Buffalo Bills. Wow. Taking it. Riding that train. I am. And the Chicago Bears hire him the day after the Super Bowl, and boom. Cash. Let's not forget how we hired Nagy, okay? He was was an offensive coordinator coming off a losing Coming off a big loss, a big playoff loss. That everyone blamed him for. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And we hired Wilson, him. Wilson talking about Tennessee, you know, I think that could be very contrarian. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to play the Tennessee stack. They're going to want to play the Cincinnati stack. Henry you Brown still, Tannehill? You could still touch the ceiling of the ball, of the Cincinnati Bengals by stacking backwards. So, you know, you play Tannehill. I'm just going to punch it in here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play Brown. And I'm going to play Julio Jones, who has been terrible. I mean, it's a horrible play, but that's contrarian. There is a potential ceiling there. And if you think Derrick Henry is slow coming back and everybody is playing Derrick Henry at that price point, they're probably not dual stacking the Tennessee Titans. As a matter of fact, I think that's going to be very contrarian. Okay. I think, I think nobody's going to want to do that. So now you have uh, – you got Brown, you got Julio Jones, you got Tannehill. You go ahead and you run it back with, you know, Higgins put up zero points last week. So you play Higgins because no mm-hmm. one wants to touch that. That's right. toxic. Right. If you really want to be a baller, man, maybe even play Jamar Chase, do the double stack coming back because it's a, it's a four-game slate. Play and Higgins and – Play Higgins yeah. and Chase. Woo. Now you're getting all the equity. You're losing Joe Burrow in the process, but you're gaining uh, 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 about $800, $900. And see, that's that's why no one's going to want to touch it because it just makes more sense to spend up and get Joe Burrow. But regardless, you want to be contrarian. So let's say somehow Tannehill runs one in. 
you know, he throws for two touchdowns. He runs one in. Mm-hmm. He goes for 200 yards. The guy fucking uh, dominates the week, you know, when when no one sees it coming. I mean, the guy put up 27 point fantasy points against Houston. And let's say everyone else has kind of an average game and puts up 25, which is yeah. still pretty good. Yep. You know, all of a sudden, Ryan Tannehill was the right play, and you got money, and you got all those guys, and I'm just going to – I'm going to optimize instead of trying to figure out who to plug in. Oh, I just eliminated everybody. Can I ask you something there, Al? Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders, they kick a field goal, so they go to Cincinnati to play a game against the Bengals instead of taking a tie where they could have played against the Kansas City Chiefs. You think they're a little little pissed off about that at this, this point? Maybe they'd have a chance in Kansas City. They didn't have a chance against Cincy. All right. I built the team, Clark. Here it is. You got Ryan Tannehill, you get A.J. Brown, you get Julio Jones, you run it back in the same game in a double stack, okay. balls out, you get Higgins and you get Chase, you get all their passing equity because C.J. Hoosman's out of, you know, he's going to get shut down. You put, your, you put Travis Kelsey as your tight end yep. because you can afford him and he's balling right now. You spend down at defense, you buy the cheapest defense on the board, it's still the San Francisco 49ers who – you know, if they win that game, it's going to be with their defense against Aaron Rodgers. And then you correlate the San Francisco defense with the with Eli, with Elijah Moore, with Elijah Mitchell at running back, because running back correlates well with defense. So they're running the, the clock down. Their defense is playing strong. And then you get Cam Akers to ball out in L.A. against, you know, the, un, the, the savage Tampa Bay run defense. Like, it's hard to run on the, the, the Tampa Bay fucking airs. But, man, it could happen when it does. You know, you're cashing the million dollars. We're, we're spending a million. We're going back to the long branch on uh, Tuesday. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. We should probably go Monday. we got a show on Tuesday. Well, no. We're, we're, getting, we're walking in there with a million dollars that we just want to draft king. We're setting up the equipment. We're not even going to ask, and we're going to do the show. I'm in. I'm done. Why don't we try the Olive Garden this time? Some good Italian food in the city. I do like the Olive Garden. I almost asked you yesterday if you wanted to go to uh, Red Lobster instead. But... Ooh, I would have thought of that for sure. Yeah. Um, we, uh, Hazel was with me the other day, um, and we, we drove by the Outback up there on Tui, Outback Steakhouse. And uh, she goes, is that Red Lobster, Dad? So I appreciate that she knows the general shape of a chain restaurant. Yeah. She's, she's getting I'm it. impressed she knows Red Lobster. How about Look that? that yeah, she, you know what? Justice for Hazel. She may be getting cheap ice cream, but hell, she's eating <laughs> high in the hog. When Cheddar biscuits for days for that girl, you know? It's awesome. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> Maybe scale back a little bit of the Red Lobster and increase the ice cream. Increase more. the ice cream. I told you, if they fill up the jar, she gets the ice cream. Justice for Hazel. Oh, hell. Well, I saved that team, so we'll see how that does. But uh, that team is all its playing all-stars. Uh, you're not really going contrarian at any one position, but you're going contrarian in the build. So uh, that's interesting. When I build my lineups, I'm probably going to be a lot more contrarian. But I just don't know who the contrarian plays are yet. I mean, I really don't. Yeah. You know, is it Anthony Fersker? It's probably Anthony Fersker. To be the uh, first daddy is mark it here. You know, mark my words. First daddy is going to be the guy who breaks the slate this week. First daddy. Nobody. 
the first daddy, Anthony Fersker of the uh, – I'm the second daddy. Uh, uh, the tight end for the Titans, who, you know, no one's going to touch. Okay, he's got it. What's, what's he cost? Two two thousand. Uh, the first daddy's at thirty one. Okay. Um, interesting of note. Uh, the same day that Brian Dable interviewed on Sunday for the Bears, Dable, uh, a gentleman named Joe Shane, the assistant GM of the Buffalo Bills, interviewed as well. So maybe you get the the Buffalo combo in there with the GM. Coming in, they know each other a little bit. Even if you're not going to hire that guy, if you're interviewing both the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, when you're in that meeting, don't you ask him, hey, uh, what do you think of these guys? Yep. Yeah. No, I do. Absolutely. Man, if it's not Dable, I'm going to be disappointed now. Which is crazy. Right? Yeah, I'm going to be pissed. I think I'll only be real pissed out of all the guys listed here. I I just, I, and I mean like former bear, Leslie Frazier and stuff. There's, it's just not a pick that excites me right now. The worst of the group. It really is. I mean, Peterson probably too. I put Doug Peterson right there. I'm just, I'm not excited about that. Caldwell, Dan Quinn does nothing for me. All those guys at the bottom. Former Falcons. In Eberfuss, we already said he doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't think he's a real person. I mean, a guy like Leftwich, you're not sure about, you know, because he's got Brady and Arians. I would put him in that tier, too, but... He's above them, and even Bowles, I think, is above them. I think his second crack at head coach could be pretty decent. Who? uh, Todd Bowles. Yeah. Defensive coordinator. I mean, I head coach with the Jets, so it's not that big of a you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want anything to touch the lines of the Jets, no. And I'm intrigued by Green Bay's Nathaniel Hackett. I I read an article from Sports Illustrated about his career and yeah, he's been with Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years, but everywhere he went, uh, he, he Doug Marone, he was at Syracuse as his offensive coordinator there. They got a quarterback drafted, then they went to Buffalo and he did okay at each of those places, and I don't know. They say that he's really good at working with the quarterback. And that's, I mean, that intrigues me, of course. But I don't know. I, my first thought on Hackett, offensive coordinator of Green Bay, is no, because you got Aaron fucking Rodgers there. But now I'm willing to take a second look. I don't know. <sighs> a few more weeks of this. And then we'll get a Bears head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think with I think next week we have a Bears head coach. Well, then you think Buffalo's going to lose? Uh, unless, right, right, right. I, I forgot about that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You you can give the job though to the person, can't you? Can you what, wink? What, what can you wink and give it? No, I mean, can you say, hey, look, this guy? As soon as the Buffalo Bill season concludes, we are hiring him as a head coach, and both parties agree to it. I mean, is that? allowed or is it you can't even make the offer until they their season's concluded um i man i i'm 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 looking right now because it's like i mean if the bears you know offer the money and uh and if if it is the case if if buffalo gets to the super bowl uh, at that point you can't hire the gm first because you, you have the time to do it um 
but it, it, you know, if, yeah, I feel like you should be able to make an offer. You should be able to throw money and be like, here, you know, we want you three years, you know, $6 million. Um, we want you as a head coach. He accepts. They announce it. Oh, you know, in a couple of weeks, he will be the head coach of the Bears. But tonight, he's the offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl Bills. Right. I would think that you can. Um, but I'm not positive. They have no... Wilson gave his uh, his wrestling room in place. Oh yeah, we can we can look at that for that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I did hear that this week that you can't hire them until after. So Wilson's okay. I mean, favorite I don't know. favorite five matches: Hogan versus Andre. Great, I great like match. That. Great. Taker versus Mankind. Fantastic. Michaels versus Hart. Yeah. Iron Man. Okay. No. Rock versus Austin. Great match. Well, it's a good match. And love the Mike. Love the Mike skills of the Rock and Sock connection. Absolutely, no question there. Wonderful it, chemistry. And as far as a wrestling match goes, it may not have been all of that much as a technical wrestling match. But the Rock versus Hogan at WrestleMania yeah, fun, just so damn fun. It that was a yeah yeah. Uh, the Rock was on the the Manning cast last night, and the son of a bitch has the the largest skull of a T Rex. Now you know Sue over here at the at the Field Museum is the most complete T right. Rex ever found, but the skull is a little damaged. So the one you see on it's actually fake. Um, but this is the largest, and he he has the actual the skull of it. You know, like that's got to cost a lot of money, a few million dollars. Who has that? The Rock had it in the background of his of his shot. Oh, like you know, I got all yeah. this shit up here. He had a full size T Rex head right there. Wow. Yep. McMahon does too, right? McMahon has like a dinosaur head in his office. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. W. Wilson says, "The Rock versus Hogan or Michaels versus Hogan." <laughs> I love that Michael Hogan match. That's fun. <laughs> Taking all those overselling the bumps. Oh, Hogan looks so pissed. Oh yeah, he looks just fucking pissed, brother. It's not working for me, brother. <laughs> oh, that's unreal. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that tonight. I might too. Let's see. We're still on Yellow Jackets, man. I think we got uh, episode seven to knock it down tonight. There's only about Never three left, huh? Never heard of it. Yeah, you can find it on. You can find it somewhere. No. It's, it's a Showtime no. show. No, no, no. Oh, you were telling me last night that I've got to get into that Cody show that he's not good at. No, 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 no. You don't have to get into it. I'm I'm taking a bullet and watching it for everybody. Okay. But it's not. It's not a good show. I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, Cody's the the Go Big show. It's like a uh, reality, like an American Idol, but you know, it's it's stunts. Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, are you going to watch a little Peacemaker? John Cena. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I can't don't know watch what that it is. With the kids. Uh, he's, he's a superhero. It's a HBO oh, is show. John Cena deal? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to give it a oh, shot. Yeah, yeah, I do have to check that out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. All right, here's the deal. If I watch Parasite and I finish that movie and I text you and I say, Al, I just finished Parasite. Uh-huh. You will then start 
Squid Games? Yeah, but you, uh, I mean, you can't bullshit me. I'm not going to bullshit you. You can give me a quiz. I, well, I don't want you going online and reading cliff notes. What's hard is that tomorrow, like, tomorrow, you know, I, I may have some time tomorrow while I'm folding clothes or something. But you can't really fold clothes while you're reading a fucking yeah, movie. I'm watching a movie. Huh? I can, you know what I can do? If you do that, Clark, all I can do is go, I can put Squid Games or Quid Games, whatever the fuck it is, on my laptop. And then I can sit here and play video games while it's uh, over here to the side. No, but you can't read this. You can't. You can watch movies while doing that, but not this one. You're not watching. If I'm doing that, I'm not watching it. If I'm folding clothes, it's mindless. I'm not playing a video game. I'm just folding fucking clothes. It's less gravity. I'm flipping a a shirt over on top of itself. I can still pay attention to a movie. But I can't read the movie. I'm not going to read a fucking book while while I'm doing the laundry. You're not really watching a movie if you're folding clothes. Right. If you're doing anything else, if you're looking at your phone, you're not watching a movie. Right. I'll devote actual time. I'll devote actual real time to this, okay? Like I said, I watched Ghostbusters the other day. Oh, yeah, you did. And as a, as a person who is... As a person who is... Uh, I was a Ghostbusters fan... I actually watched a lot more Ghostbusters 2 because I had HBO, and that played on HBO a lot when I was, like, early teens. Yeah. You know, you had the ooze or whatever the hell it was, the slime, and they they, they made the Statue of Liberty move. Your love keeps lifting me higher. Bobby Brown on the soundtrack. Uh, but anyway, as a fan of that, I enjoyed this one. By the way, just, just, just as we, an aside. We here. can't say everything from that, right? Nobody. If I... Yeah, nobody had really talked to me about certain parts of that, but we. Yeah, could... I don't want. I, I guess I don't want to ruin anything. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, I think it's a movie people are slower to get to. But, what do you, but yeah. as an aside, if I watch Squid Games after you've watched Parasite, that's not a tit for tat. I mean, I'm watching what eight? Nine, I have to invest what nine hours, ten hours of programming yeah. where you get to invest an hour and a half. But we, we at at the end of you watching that, and at the end of me watching Parasite, we have both watched the same amount of show. It's not. It's, we've both invested the mean? same amount of time. I already watched the Squid Game. I have invested a lot more time into this than you have. You invested, what, two hours watching a movie so far? you got to catch up, pal. At the end of this, we will both have watched the same amount of shows. I don't want to. I don't want to have to sit and read for six hours. I don't want to read for two. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm three times the amount you do (laughs) for this deal. So you owe me. I'll, I'll do it, but you you owe me. I don't know hours. you. I don't know. I already banked that time. I already forced myself to sit through hours of, of Squid Games. Forced. That is relevant. Forced myself. Oh, I made the mistake of the first two episodes watching with the English dubbing. I think I've told you this before. Don't do it. Do not do the English dubbing. It's just it's too cheesy. It it feels like a like an old school kung fu movie with English dubbed over it. It just I it love doesn't. Yeah, but, you know, me too. Like, and that's part of the fun of that. But this isn't a show where I want English dubbed. I think that's the biggest mistake you can make. You got you to do it uh, with the Korean language, with the English subtitles. All right. I'll watch. I'll watch. Uh, as soon as you go. watch Parasite, I will watch. Somebody's a Ghostbusters 2 fan there. There you go. Oh, what was, what was that? I love Ghostbusters 2. The Slime River. 
What's that guy's name from the from the museum? The, the art guy, yeah. yeah. Oh, Vigo, 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 There's a guy who comes in into the karaoke bar who looks just like him. No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, every time I see him, and I always want to be like, hey, you know, you look like that guy from Ghostbusters, but mm. I don't know if that's a compliment. Yeah, me so neither. I'm not sure. I, 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 yeah, it depends. If he gets a little drunk, I think you can bring it up. W. Wilson I, said we'll both be at 8.08. Yanid was his name. Yeah. He said that after this, Yanish, we'll both be at 8.08 hours after we watch this. So we'll both have the same amount of time. If we watch the right, same right. movie, the same shows, then we've watched the same amount of stuff. But but again, the point is, you I wanted to watch Parasite, and I enjoyed Parasite. And I probably will enjoy Squid Games, but I don't want to watch Squid Games. You don't want to watch Parasite. I you do. don't want to invest into it, but you haven't. You haven't. So you, you're being forced into watching Parasite. I'm being forced into watching Squid Games. I'm suffering by investing more of time, even though we're equal in the end. We're, as Judge Judy would say, we're whole at the end. She would say we're whole at the end? Yeah, we're whole. In oh, the eyes of the law, we're whole. Let's pour one out for the traditional Judge Judy show, which is no longer going to be broadcast yeah. on the local so two, right? So sad, yeah. Like, yeah, they're adding another newscast. Like that's going to fuck up news. your routine. That is going to fuck up your routine. Mm-hmm. I wake up at four, I lay in bed and watch Judge Judy. Amazing. Then I close my eyes and listen to the news. And then the national news comes on and that, 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 that bore um, O'Donnell comes on. And I, I snooze through that. Then I wake up at six to watch a little more of the news. Then I get out of bed, take a shower and go to work. Boom. There you go. It's perfect. Oh, buddy. Another week. That's two nights of me. Do you think two nights in a row of me is too much? Or not quite yeah. enough? Probably a little too much. Just a shade. See, here's the thing. I had had thoughts of us maybe going and watching some of the game. You know, both of us just had the COVID, vaccinated, all of that. We could go watch the game somewhere, the football game last night, maybe make a bet on it, have another, you know, bourbon drink or something. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. But then, man, like all of that, I just ate so much, and, like, I was feeling the salt. Also, the edible, it hit me, and I just was feeling, like, I was like, am I dying? I was getting to that. I didn't tell you that, but I was having that feeling of, am I dying? And then you brought up grocery shopping, and I'm like, shit, I don't want to go grocery shopping. No, I was down for hanging out, but, you know, I, I did go grocery shopping. The uh, the guy at the checkout at the Jewel uh, on Irving Park, the one closer uh, to, to the restaurant, uh, further uh, – Going down by Austin. West. Yep. Of the city. Um, the guy the guy who's doing the bags, you know, he's like, you want bags? I go, I want as many bags as you'll give me. Put a bag for everything. If you don't think it needs a bag, give it a bag. Were you, you know, ready like to pay? Water. Were you ready to pay for every bag? Uh, you charge me the three cents, charge me the penny. I will, I want a dollar's <laughs> worth of bags every time I go. Perfect. So, uh, you know, because I, I got to go upstairs, so I need handles. So even something like, you know, a, a, a box of water, I want it in a bag, man, bag it up. Yep. So, uh, so he, you know, he was really nice about the bags and he goes, Hey, hey buddy. Hey, uh, uh, did I ever show you a picture of my ex? And I go, uh, <laughs> no, he opens his wallet out and he pulls out a picture of an ex. 
That's kind of funny. <laughs> of an axe? An axe, an axe. Oh, man. Like That's... xylophone, man, or xenophobe. I don't know why that made me think of it. Were you ever in the cab with the singing cab driver? No, I don't think Did so. Did you ever hear of I him? Asked, I would have asked him to stop. Oh, I mean, he put on a show. He 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 would he was a singing cab driver. He'd been seen on Leno. You know, he had studied at the Second yeah. City back in the day. And you get in the cab, and you know, it could be after work at eleven o'clock at night. You're no. and you're trying just to get home, and all of a sudden he fucking lights up the whole thing with these Christmas lights, kind of like the cash cab. And then he's using his his dome light as a as a strobe light, and it's like yeah. son of a bitch, man. I don't no, need your no. song. I just want to get home. Yeah. Not, not whatsoever. I'd be like, sir, sir, please. please. <laughs> Let me out. Let me out. Enough. Enough with the production. I didn't pay for a fucking dinner theater. I paid for a cab ride. I was friends on him with something. I was connected with him on like Facebook back in the day or something. I don't know. Yeah, you get you're all in on the Twitter cab drivers. It's been your it's been your thing. The tweeting cab driver, t- tweeting was still somewhat new around circa around 2010 2011. There was a t- tweeting cab driver back then. He came on our show. He was one of our best guests. I recall he he could talk about damn near anything. TV shows we brought up, he was in everything. It was really fun. All right, brother. I think. Uh, I think we, we should put this off until next week. Belmont and we're heading to Harlem. Do you need some water or to charge your phone? All right, hang on. No. All right, let me see if I can. I'm going to find that it. I'm going to find this guy. I'm going to find this guy. I'm going to find this guy. See what we can do here. Please ignore the smell of urine tonight. Oh, no. Uh-oh. No? Um, oh, how about this one? This one's... Ooh. We can either do a video that looks like somebody took it from their phone uh, 13 years ago on CLTV yeah. or 11 years ago on WGN. Which Which would you prefer? Let's go with WGN. All right. All right. I'm gonna I'm going to pull this up. So we can watch it together. Uh, hang on just a second. And uh, just so you can see who this guy is that I was speaking of. All right. All right. This is this is the way we end the show. With the singing cab driver. And it's called Not Everyone. Oh, we could use some. Jackie, he is also a performer. Somewhere in Chicago, there's a cab driver I know who sings to his passengers uh, all day. Yours Tim. truly, Ray Safeway, the singing uh, cab driver. Would you like to respond to that? I just keep smiling, don't give up or get sad. Keep pushing forward through the good times and the bad. Thank you, thank you. I do this every day. There might be two or three days a year that I don't get in a cab and go out just to sing to at least one person. Because that's what I do. I'm the singing cab driver. You know that little window between the back seat and the front seat? 
I'd be reaching right <laughs> through there to get my hands around here. Robert Jordan and Larcher on the same page with that one. That's for sure. Me and Robert Jordan definitely the same page there. That's enough with that bullshit. <laughs> like if you go to a karaoke joint, you know where you're going. You go. You right. get in a cab drive. You want to ride home, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm a, I'm offended when they got music playing. I am. And my Ubers, cabs not as much. Ubers, I get pissed. That's weird. I just want silence. My you're friend. you're. I'm, I'm asking ride. you to get into my car. That's my car. You're 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 hosting a service, Clark. You're being you're being compensated. We're play not, light you're music, and we're not going to be we're not going to have no music where it's silent and fucking awkward. Yeah, it's going to be light not, music, one that anybody can just listen to. Nobody really gets no. pissed about it. It's not too loud. If somebody has their headphones in, then I'll just uh, throw on a little little talk radio in my ear no. up front. Like, whatever. There's a, a lot of club music. I get in, there's club music playing. Oh, yeah. Jesus, the Jesus, the gospel. Like, I want fucking gospel on my way home from a park. Oh, the kid. Is the music Okay. It's a musical. Okay, good. Yeah. So what are you doing tonight? What do you, what do you got going on? You doing anything? Sir? Yeah, I'm Hello? trying to go home. I just want to go yeah, home. Yeah, well, uh, where, uh, where, where are you coming from? I just want to go home. Take me home. Well, uh, uh, you know, uh, what nope. did you do? Did you know Pluto is still a planet? Oh, there it is. Pluto's a planet again. Did you know that? Yeah, they just they just announced it. Neat. I can't hear you, buddy. You fuck up. Oh fuck. Good night, Blog Talk Radio. What? I can't hear you. Good night. Who you flogged who? Larcher. Just play us out. Have a good night. All right, buddy. Have a good night. All right.